Okay, we are in the middle of Hilchas Brachas. We began last week the Brachas of Bichas Apeiris, which is a bracha which needs to be said pre-eating fruits of the tree. We discussed at length what's considered a fruit of a tree, and hopefully we have a better understanding of when we need to make a bar pre-age, and when we need to make a bar pre-hadama. So next time you eat your papaya, you'll be making bar pre-hadama, metzashem, and bananas, you know you need to make bar pre-hadama, and passion fruit, you know what to make, and uh, the sabra fruit, a little bit clearer in the parameters, the definition of a pre-hadama. Today, as we mentioned at the end of the previous year, we said we'll discuss different aspects of pre-hadama, Discussing chocolate, halva, things like that. What broth do we make on items which are derivatives, or not even derivatives, which are made almost completely out of fruits? What broth do we make on those, and what broth do we not make on those? We won't have time to cover all the angles. We'll have to leave some of it for next for the next Shemiyat Hashem, but it will give us a, a very good understanding of what's going on, hopefully, and some of the difficulties that you might come across in different products that you might buy in the shop. Now, the halacha is that the broth of Bar Pira eats was only instituted on something which is eaten in the normal manner. If the fruit has gone through a process that changes the fruit, and it's an, a, a real change, then the bracha changes, and the bracha will be a shahako. So if you take a fruit which has been mashed or grated, that fruit is still considered a fruit. It's visible that it's a fruit. It's lost its natural form. It's not in the shape of an apple anymore. Or it's not in the shape of a banana. It's not in the shape of a plum. You've mashed it, but you can still see the texture and the, the actual fruit is still a plum. It hasn't gone through a complete change. It's changed its, its, its external form, but the fruit is still a fruit. Then that bracha remains a baripriya eats. That bracha remains a baripriya eats. If it completely changes, not just its, its shape, but its form as well. So, for example, an applesauce compote, to the point that it's liquid, or you can pour it, or even if it's not completely, you can't pour it, but it's completely lost any semblance, even to the texture of the, of the original fruit, then it loses its berry puree, and you, don't, you make a shahako. Therefore, that, that, okay, that in itself is already a machlekes. That in itself is already machlekes. There is an opinion in Shulchan Aruch which says that even then I should make a bracha of Baripira Eitz. But we, because brachas are a sophic brachas l'hakel, and because shahakel is a bracha that allows us to fulfill our obligation of bracha, even if the bracha should be ha'etz, we yates it with a shahakel. So therefore the remote tells us, make a shahakel. So let's just discuss again just for one, one moment. I've taken some apple and I've mashed the apple or banana and I've mashed the banana or a orange and I've mashed the orange. We can't really match an orange, but if you know what I mean. And I can still see it's got the form. Let's talk about a date. It's even perhaps better. I take a dry date and I, I, I flatten it and I mash it. So it becomes now like a, a cake of date. And it's it's mashed and, and, and flattened. But if you... Take it, you look at it carefully, you'll see it's a date. It's a, it's a, it's a smashed and, and mashed date. That bracha will, that date will carry the bracha of eights. But I would take that date and completely mully it and, and, and mince it to the point that it's not even recognizable anymore as a date. It's lost any form and texture of a date. 
then it loses its bracha very period, it becomes a very period, it becomes a shakal nibit for it. Though that's a machlaikas, but that's what we do. The halacha is we say shahakal, and once you say shahakal, you, you have fulfilled your obligation of a bracha. You've fulfilled your obligation of a bracha. What's going to happen now when it comes to the bracha achreinu? Now, we know that when you've eaten normal fruits, any fruit you eat, you make a baron of So if we're talking about a mashed banana or mashed apple, no problem at all. It doesn't make a difference if the bracha is shahaka or the bracha is a very pure eight. If it's really, really gone through a proper transformation by cooking it and disintegrating completely, or it's retained some element of its texture, so I still make our eight or shahaka on the, on the applesauce, I'll make a baron of afterwards. Where life becomes complicated, is, it, is if I eat a fruit of the Shiva Saminim, a date. And I've taken that date. If I've just crushed it, but I can still see the form of a date there, then I'll make a bar prayer eight and I'll say, the bracha me'en shalish, alo eight, well, prayer eight, well, tenuvas asoda as the bracha achreino. But what happens if I've taken that date and I've mashed it to the point that it doesn't even look like a date anymore? And therefore, according to the Ramah, I make a bracha of shahako. But I'm only making a bracha of shahako because there's a disagreement in the poskim whether I should make a shahakul or whether I should make a eight. So we get around that and we say, shahakul is sufficient. It allows me to eat it. I'm yoytzer with a shahakul. All fruits I make a shahakul on, I've, I've, I've fulfilled my obligation. So I make a shahakul. Fine. So I've got around the problem of the bracha rishon. I make a shahakul and I'm okay. But what bracha do I say as a bracha achreina? Do I say, alo eitz or prior eitz because I'm eating a date? And the one opinion says it's considered a date because I should really make our eights. So I should say our eights are pre-eights as a bracha achreino. Or do we say no? The other opinion says it's a shahako. And if it's a shahako, I can't say our eights are pre-eights. It means it's lost its form. It's lost its definition of a fruit. It's now just a, a drink or, or, or a food, which then would carry the bracha achreino burn of fashos. So I really am in a pickle. I'll give an example where this pickle is, is real. Is there was a while back where there was a gentleman who, who manufactured date bars, a date bar. So a date bar is a bar, which is like some sort of, it's not a granola bar, it's in the shape of a bar. And it's made out of dates, crushed, flattened, like really pressed dates and, and, and other fruits pressed together in, in, a, in a bar. And it's pleasant to eat. If you like dates, it's a very pleasant bar to eat. That date bar didn't have a, couldn't be considered defined as a date. It was, it lost every, it looked like just a mush. It looked like a mush in a bar. It looked like just a, a crushed, really crushed, lost every type of form. It didn't look like anything on earth. In fact, it actually didn't look so appealing because it lost all its uh, form of fruit in it. So, bracha rishayna, what bracha do you make on that? So you can make shahako because a fruit which has lost its form completely, You'll make shahako. Well, this is where the problem came. So we could write on the print on the packet, bracha rishayna shahako. Well, what bracha achreina do you make? You're on the, you're on the, uh, the, the, you know, you're on the trot. You're busy doing something. You want to quickly have a, a bar, a date bar. So you make a shahako. Then you come to, you say to yourself, one second, quite a lot of dates in that bar. I really should say bracha achreina here. What bracha, what bracha achreina do I say? Do I say, alo eitzvah prayer eitz, a bracha men shalosh? Or do I say, burn a I'm stuck. 
technically what you really need to do to get around the problem of bracha achrena, you need to go find yourself another fruit of the shiva samini, which is a real fruit, and eat that, and have a drink, which is definitely a shahakal, and drink that. And then you can make an aloe etzah, pre as a bracha achrena, and the bar in the flushes, and you fulfill both, both obligations. But if you're going to eat a date bar, and that date bar doesn't, is not defined as, a, as clearly as a date, it's just a, a, a mush of, of fruit, but it is a date bar, which then brings us into this problem. The last thing you want to do is to have this date bar and then go and have a pomegranate and have a, and have a, a, a cup of orange juice. It's just not what you're looking for. So the concept of a date bar became complicated in halacha. To allow somebody to manufacture a kosher date bar and put on it bracha shahako, but not write what bracha chreni you should make, is, it became complicated. But that's where these complications will come up. So in a crushed fruit, which is visible, clearly recognizable that it's a fruit, it's, it's part of that fruit, it's a date or it's an apple or orange, whatever it is, banana, you make a bracha, a boypra eats on a banana, boypra adama. If it's crushed to the point that you don't know what, you can't see what form it is, you know it's a date, but you can't tell the form of the date, the texture of the date's not there anymore, then you make a bracha of shahako. Bracha achrena on a shivas aminim is a problem. So all types of all types of compots which have been cooked. If the compot has been cooked, you have to take my apple and I take my plums or my rhubarb and I put it all into the pot and I boil it for hours and hours and hours. I have now a wonderful, lovely compot. If the apple pieces and the pear and the, the plum pieces or the rhubarb pieces are still there and they're visible, they're still whole and visible, I will make a bracha of barriers. We'll discuss cooking fruit a bit later. We'll come back to the concept of cooking a little bit later. But if they're visible, I'll make a bracha by parades. If I then go and take my hand blender and I blend the fruit, so it's completely lost its texture of fruit now. It doesn't look like a fruit. It looks like a compote. Then we pass in the and make a shaku. If I have a mixture of apple and rhubarb or a mixture of plum and rhubarb and the fruit is still visible, then I'll have to make the broch of the majority. If the majority is apple, I'll make a bari If the majority is rhubarb, I'll make a bari I mix it, I make a shahako. I make a shahako. The bracha achreina will always be a barina foshes, because none of those fruits are fruits of the shivas aminim. Therefore, I anyway only make a barina foshes. I made a compote of apple, and I boiled it all, and it's really ready, and I take my mincer, and I mince it, and then the phone rings. And I go back, and I don't bother finishing off the, the blending the apples, so I now have a mixture of apple compote with bits of apple left over inside it. What bracha do I make on that? Do I say I make a bracha of eights on the little pieces that are inside? Do I make a bracha of shahako on the compot? The, the blended compot. And the, here again, you'd have to go after the majority. If the majority is blended, that means the primary fruit here is the blended apple. That blended apple carries a bracha of shahako. That's the bracha we make. Be it a machlokas, but that's the bracha we make. And the fact that there's a, there are some bits of apple left around, that will make a difference. I'll make a shahakal and then I'll eat the whole lot. If the majority is not blended, then I'm eating apple, in effect. I'll make our eights. And the blended apple will just carry, a, will be, I'll fulfill my obligation with that, with that our eights that I'm making on the apple. If I would go and take out of a compote, which is primarily blended, majority is blended, and I would go and take out a piece which is not blended, and I would take it out and put it on a spoon and take it out and make our eights on that, and I can't make a shahakal anymore on the rest of my compote. Because since I'm only making shahakal because of a suffolk, 
Once I've made my ha'etz, I will not be allowed to make a shakal anymore. I'd have to eat the compote with the ha'etz, and I would be allowed to carry on eating it with the ha'etz, because that's the ikah halacha. The ikah halacha is the ha'etz is sufficient. So let's just recap once more, because these are complicated halachas. If I take a fruit and I crush it, I make a brah, but it still retains its texture, I make a brah ha'etz. If it loses its texture, it's not the same texture as before. It's more watery, it's more liquidy, or completely different texture. I will make a shahako, but because of a suffolk. If I ate just plain fruit, not shivas aminim, as a compote, I would make shahako, and I'd say boring the afterwards. If I ate compote made out of shivas aminim, or a date bar out of shivas aminim, I will make shahako at the beginning, but I'd have a problem with my brachachreina. My brachachreina would be a suffolk. I would need to go and eat another fruit, which is a shivas aminim, so I can say aloha eitz while eats, and drink or have another fruit, which is a shahako, so I can say boring the fashas afterwards. If I have a mixture of compote with bits in it, if the majority is other bits, the bits of apple which are recognizable as apple, I make ha'etz. If the majority is liquidized, blended, then I'd make a shahako. The brain of bracha will be a brain of fashas because I'm only eating apple, not shivas aminim. Not shivas aminim. If I've made the ha'etz on a compote, either because I ate the apple that's inside it and I made the ha'etz on that, or I took another apple and I made the ha'etz on the apple and the compote was there in front of me and I intended for my bracha to be a bracha on the, on the Compot as well. I can't make a bracha shahako because my bracha of eight but the ebed is a bracha even on the on the compot. Something that's been grown and is meant to be eaten with a change of form, and we'll discuss some examples a bit later. Then, since its primary purpose of being grown is for this change of form, then the bracha retains. This item retains its original bracha, and the bracha will be very praised. So if we can find some sort of fruit or vegetable that's in, that, that its primary purpose of being grown is so that you should turn it into a paste, or you should turn it into some changed form, then the halacha says that since that's the way it's meant to be eaten, that's considered the fruit. And therefore, I make a bracha by creates. Therefore, I make the bracha by creates. What's one halacha? Next halacha is if I take fruit and I cut it very fine, I grate it or chop it very, very fine, I still make a bracha by creates. If I've ground it to a flour, so it's now in a flower form, then I don't make a bracha by creates. That's already considered changed. So I take some nuts and I grind them in my blender till they're powder. I don't make a bracha by creates. I make a bracha shahako. If I take grains of, of wheat, I grind it and it's flour now. I now have flour. If you like to eat plain flour, you take your spoon and you start spooning flour out of the bag. You won't make a, a, a doma and you won't make mazoinus. You make a shako because this is not how it's meant to be eaten. If, however, I would have something which is meant, primarily meant to be eaten, ground, that is the purpose of the fruit, then I would make a bracha by praise. Now we're going to discuss for a few moments the problem with chocolate and halva. And let's discuss how chocolate is made and why chocolate is, is a little bit contentious when it comes to the bracha. But before I start... I just want you to know that the bracha you make on chocolate is shahako. Don't think of anything else. We're just discussing academically now why the bracha is shahako, and we'll go through some of the process of how chocolate is made, 
And why is chocolate considered a shahakal? Then we'll go through the process of making halva. And why is halva shahakal? Why isn't it ha'etzo adomo? Chocolate is made out of a fruit called a cocoa bean. It's actually made out of a, the bean is, is the, the fruit is a cocoa plant, and it's actually a very large pod, large pod. It's a very large pod. Inside this pod is a, a fleshy, a bit, a bit similar to a passion fruit, like this jelly type of fruit. And inside that fruit, like in a passion fruit, are the seeds of the pod. They're called the cocoa bean. That bean is taken and they're cultivated purely, they're grown purely to make chocolate. Chocolate is a huge business, multi-billion business around the world. And they, they grow them so that they can make chocolate. That bean is then dried. They take the, 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 the pods, they break them open. They take the beans out and they lie them out in the sun to dry. They actually cover them with the fruit, the pulp, not the pulp, with the fleshy fruit that's inside because that helps it ferment. And they will dry it out with this fruit on top of it so it ferments and, and dries out. They then take this bean, these beans, and hundreds and hundreds of these beans, and they grind them and press them until you end up getting the, the cocoa milk that comes out and the fats that come out. And then they use that as in, in the process of making chocolate. They add sugar to it or milk to it or whatever it may be, and that's how chocolate's made. Now, the question arises here is why do we make shahakul on chocolate? Surely the cocoa bean is grown for the purpose of chocolate. And we've just said that, yes, if I have a fruit and it's changed from its natural form, changed dramatically from its natural form, it doesn't have the same texture as, as the original fruit, then the bracha is not hate anymore. The bracha is shahakul. But if, however, it's grown for the purpose of what, of, of that change, then even though it's changed and it doesn't have the texture of the original fruit, the broche is still ate because that is considered the fruit. That is the definition of the fruit. The fruit isn't what's grown on the tree. The fruit is the end product, why that, why that tree, why those fruits were grown. If they were grown to be ground, then that is the fruit. That's how it's eaten. And therefore I should make a broche of ha'etz. If that's the case, the question was, was, was raised, why when I'm making chocolate, where the bean is grown primarily for chocolate, 99.9% of those cocoa beans are for chocolate, so the small percent goes into cocoa powder, etc. But the primary purpose of growing these cocoa beans is for chocolate. So when I go through the process, yes, I dry it out. Yes, I grind it. Yes, it's heat, it's cooked and pressed, and, and the, the, the fats are ex- extracted. But that's the purpose of the fruit. So why don't I make it? Question one on chocolate. Question number two on halva. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to make halva, but halva, modern halva, is made out of tchina. You take a tchina, or tchini as it's called in English, it, it's a paste made out of sesame seeds. So sesame seeds would be a domo. And you take the sesame seeds and you grind them. You grind them and you turn it into a paste. You then take that paste and you heat it up together with sugar or honey and some other additives that you want to put in, fruits or whatever you like to have. In the United in, in Machni Huda, I came across a halva, a whiskey halva, where they were putting whiskey in the halva and they made a halva with, with whiskey, some whiskey inside it. Put in what you like. You leave it to, to harden and to, to settle in the fridge for a few days. You will then have your block of, it'll crystallize and you'll have your block of halva. So here I have a sesame seed where there are very specific sesame which are grown purely for the sake of the tchina and the halva. So it's grown so that it should be ground into a paste, 
completely changed its form, changed its texture. You can't compare that paste to the original seeds, but it's grown so that it should become a paste to, to either use as a paste or to use in, in the process of making halva. If that's the case, why does it not retain its original bracha? Like we're asking when it comes to cocoa, it should, when it comes to chocolate, we should have the same problem when it comes to halva. Halva should also be a bracha of hadoma, as chocolate should be a bracha of eights. And this was a question posed to the poskim. One or two of the poskim actually, for a short time, were of the opinion that you should make her eights on it, though they did change the mind at the end of the life. We're going to go through now three reasons why the minig to make shahako on chocolate and on halva is the correct minig. That means enough reasons that we shouldn't change the minig of the world of making shahako. Everybody makes shahako on chocolate. Everybody makes shahako on halva. Do not change. Why do we make bracha shahako on chocolate? Why we make the bracha shahako on halva is, I'm going to give you three reasons for that now. So the first reason is, if you remember, we discussed two weeks ago in Sheh, the bracha on sugar. And we went through a number of opinions what bracha you should make on sugar. The Rambam's view was that you should make ha'etz. And the Rambam says sugar should have ha'etz said on it because sugar cane is grown for the sake of the sugar. So the, 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 the sugar, the sap, the sugar is the purpose of the fruit, of the tree. So therefore that's considered the fruit. However, we discussed why we don't make ha'etz on, on, on sugar. And we, we quoted a opinion from the, from the Chavetz Chaim in Mishnah Barura, who said that, there's, that even though we, we, we say that a fruit that goes through a change, and if that's the purpose of the fruit, it retains its original brach of very pure eights, but there's a limit to how much change we'll allow that to take. Where it's completely and utterly changed, it's got absolutely no semblance and no, no memory of the original, of the original, original fruit, then everybody will agree that that's not considered a fruit anymore and the bracha will be shahako. So chocolate goes through such an un- uh, unbelievable process. It's dried out, it's ground, it's pressed, sometimes heated, cooked. It, it, the, the, the cocoa butter comes out of it and that's where you make the chocolate from. It's so far removed from the original tree, the original fruit, that nobody can turn around and say, this is the fruit of the tree, even though it's grown for this purpose. But it's so far removed that the, we can't consider it the original fruit, and therefore we make a bracha of shakun a bit more. The second reason is if you take a, a chocolate bar, and I'm sorry to break this to you, you have a very small percent of chocolate in your chocolate bar. The majority of a chocolate bar is going to be sugar and, and milk or some other additive. Since the majority isn't chocolate, and if you try and get cho- hard chocolate, most people do not like the 70 or the 90% chocolate. It really doesn't taste very nice. So most people are not eating the chocolate for the chocolate. They're eating the sugar with a chocolate taste in it. And therefore sugar is shahako, so we make a brach of shahako. Though we do have some chocoholics in our shul, and when we were discussing this in the men's shir, uh, there was a gentleman who came the next week with a bar of 90 percent chocolate, no milk, really dark chocolate, 90%. And this is what he eats, uh, very clearly a chocoholic. Uh, 90% chocolate, somebody really likes that strong taste, very nice. That wouldn't resolve why he doesn't make her eats on that bar. The first reason would help me to allow him to make a shahakul on that bar. The second reason wouldn't be good enough because he's eating pure chocolate, almost pure chocolate. But the third reason is, is the primary reason why we make shahakul. We have discussed fruit that's grown as a fruit, and when it grows as a fruit, it goes through a process of change. And then we said, if that's the reason why the fruit is grown, then you'll still make the original bracha even after the change. And that's why we asked the question of chocolate. However, chocolate is not made from the fruit. 
And when I explain to you how chocolate's made, chocolate is made from the seed of the pod. So the pod has the pulp, it's not the pulp, the, uh, the jellyish fruit inside. That's the fruit. The, the bean is the seed. You, when you replant the cocoa tree, you'll take that bean and plant it because that's the seed. So I'm not actually eating fruit. I'm eating the seed of a fruit. The seed of a fruit says very clearly in halacha, the seed of the fruit is only considered fruit if it's edible. But the moment I change it, it loses its, its context of fruit and the broccoli is only going to be shahakut. So since I am making chocolate out of the seed of the cocoa pod, I therefore don't need to make hoites on it. Even if the primary reason why I'm growing it is for the chocolate, but since it's a seed, not the actual fruit itself, it loses its status of fruit of barrier as soon as it's changed. And it now becomes a shahakul. So for those three reasons, we do not make our eights in chocolate. We make a shahakul. So carry on eating your chocolate happily and make a shahakul. And exactly the same three reasons will apply when it comes to making the halva. Even though the sesame seed is the primary ingredient here, and the reason why I grow the sesame seed is primarily for the strina or for the halva, perhaps, but it's so far removed from its original form. It's been ground into a paste. It's been cooked and heated up together, mixed together with, with uh, honey and sugar. It's crystallized. It's so far removed from anything to do with the sesame seed. And if you ask the, the ignorant man in the street, what's halva made of? He'll have absolutely no idea. There's no way he's going to put A and B together. It's so far removed. We consider that a complete change that even if its primary purpose for being grown is for halva, you still make a shakal. Second reason is the, I don't know the percentages, but as far as I know, the percentage of sugar to the percentage of the proportion of sugar to the to the tchina is a little bit quite, quite a large percentage more of sugar and honey than there is tchina. But I'm not much of a halva maker, so if anybody disagrees with me, please let me know. But I do think that the percentage is, is still a greater percentage of sugar than halva than tchina, and therefore sugar is shahako. We go after the majority. You, no one's going to eat plain tchina just like that. You, you might eat it as a dip, but you're not going to eat it on a spoon. And if you do, please do not tell me. The, you're only going to eat it together with the sugar. So really, I'm eating sugar with a tchina taste. That's halva. Then the bracha will be shahako. Third reason is sesame seed is a seed. It's not a fruit. It's a seed. And the halacha is a seed which changes shape and form. Even if that's a primary reason why I grew it, does not retain its original bracha. Only a fruit will retain its original bracha. So for all those three reasons, both chocolate and tchina and, and halva will carry a bracha of shahako and will not have a bracha of eitz or hadam attached to it at all. I hope that gives you a, a clear conscience to eat your halva and to eat your, your chocolate. Let's move on to another area of, of fruit, cooked fruit, cooking fruit. Now, there are some fruits that are better raw than cooked. Some fruits are better cooked than raw. And I'm going to discuss some examples a bit later. I'm just going to discuss the, comp- the context and, and the, 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 the idea, and then we'll come back to some examples a bit later. There are some fruits which are better cooked than Raw, some fruits are better raw than cooked. If a fruit is better cooked than raw, though there are some more ingredients to add into this, then I will make my eights only on the cooked fruit. I won't make my eights on the raw fruit. 
If it's better raw than cooked, I'll make the bracha ha'etz on the cooked on the raw fruit, but I will make ha'etz on the cooked fruit, even though it looks like a fruit, but it's lost some of its its uh, taste. It's lost some of its uh, value of of as a food once it's changed form. Not because it's changed the form, because it's lost its taste. It doesn't it doesn't taste as nice. Therefore, since the 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 fruit has lost its chashivas. I don't make a bracha of Boire Prio 8 anymore. I make a bracha of Shaka. So it hasn't changed its form, but it doesn't have the same. A fruit that's equally good, cooked or raw, I'll make her 8 raw and I'll make her 8 cooked. What's called better and what's not called better? The definition of better cooked or better raw is not just plain better or not better. It's not up to you or not up to you. The, the definition of better is... It, there's two two ways of defining better here in in halacha. One is it actually tastes better. It's clearly a better a better product afterwards. Or secondly, most people are happy to eat it. That means most people in where you live in your vicinity are happy to eat it either way. So let's take an apple. An apple is very nice cooked. It's very nice raw. Everybody eats apple raw, and it's nice as a compote. Is compote apple better than raw apple? Is it not better than raw apple? I don't know. To me, it's probably the same. But it's equally eaten raw as cooked. Therefore, there's no change in the bracha. The bracha on a apple will be a eight. Bracha on a compote, as long as it hasn't completely changed its form. As we discussed, if it's a cooked apple, it still has the form of an apple, still has the texture of an apple, it would also be a eight. Because people like eating it raw, and they like eating it cooked. It has equal equal taste, it's equal equal kashivas, and make a bracha by praise. If most people don't eat it in a certain form, that means if most people won't eat it raw, though it's edible raw, and it may be quite nice raw, but most people don't eat it cooked, or vice versa. Most people don't eat it raw, but don't eat it cooked, then that will be the definition of better. Meaning that if most people eat it cooked, I'll make a bracha only on the cooked. I won't make the bracha on the raw. If most people eat it raw and not cooked, then I'll make a bracha on the raw. I won't make the bracha on the cooked. I'll make an ishahakan on the cooked. If I have a fruit which is clearly edible, both raw and cooked, but most people eat it cooked, but it's just as good raw as cooked, just so happens that most people eat it cooked, I will still make a bracha of eights. Let's get this clear again. Let's get this clear. If I have a fruit which it's normally eaten raw and it's very nice to eat raw as and it's equally nice to eat it cooked, I make eights. If I have a fruit which is better cooked than raw, then I'll make a, 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 a shahakal on the raw and or eights on the cooked. If it's better raw than cooked, but most people eat it cooked, I'll make her eights on, on the cooked. So let's get once more. Let's get that clear. If they're equally, equal standard, raw or cooked, I'll make her eights on the raw, I'll make eights on the cooked. If most people eat it raw, but don't eat it cooked, and it's not on the equal standard, I will make for eights on the raw, shahakal on the cooked. If most people eat it cooked and not raw, I will make her eights on the cooked, shahakal on the raw. 
if it's equally eaten, or even if most people eat it one way, but they are equally good both ways, then I'll make her eat on both. So very clearly, if I have a fruit, and this is where it's relevant to us, if I have a fruit which is equally good and equally eaten, raw and cooked, I'll make her eat. If it isn't, I'll make her eat on the met on the, the the fruit which is the primary way people eat it as long as it's the, the better way than the other one so if i have apple and apple compote no problem i'll make a bracha on the apple i would make a hot and the apple compote i'll make a hot i don't know what fruit exists that is actually better cooked than raw i'm not sure and a fruit that people only eat cooked primarily eat cooked more than raw but we'll come back to some examples in vegetables in a moment Go on. Cooking apples. Cooking apples. Okay, you're right. That's, right. that's a good example of cooking apple. Cooking apple is an apple that's never eaten raw. Or it's not, it can be eaten raw. My little daughter likes eating it raw. Or she <laughs> used to. But it's not, not really meant to be eaten raw. And it's primarily meant to eat cooked. So if you eat it raw, you'll make a shahako. If you, when you, when you cook it, you make a compote out of it and it's still got the texture of an apple to it, you'll make a You'll make a Hundred, excellent, excellent example, Mrs. Carter. Thank you. An excellent example. If people would primarily eat cooking apples cooked, but they were edible and, and as nice raw, I'd also make eights on it. But that's not the case. Uh, a cooking apple is not really so edible raw. It's edible, but it doesn't have the same flavor as when it's cooked. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when it's raw, you make a shahako. When it's cooked, you make eights. Would that go for? Sorry. Would that go for any fruit which is perhaps sour or not ripe? Not ripe, we discussed in the previous year that we don't, you, you don't make a bracha of a on a non-ripe fruit. You only make shahako. Because it's not, because it's sour and not edible. But if you find me a fruit which is naturally sour and therefore primarily eaten cooked, that would be exactly the same thing. I don't know what other fruit there is. I, I, I'm not much of a cook myself. Uh, Baruch Hashem, my wife's a good cook and she does the cooking for me. But yeah, cooking apples is, 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 is the only example I can think of. If you can think of any other examples, please let me know. Rhubarb. Is rhubarb not eaten cooked uh, raw? No, it's impossible okay. to eat. So then, if you ate it raw, you, I don't even know if you make a shackle on it. It's incredible. You wouldn't. You can't eat it raw. You wouldn't make a broth on it at all. And you don't make a broth when it's cooked. That's a vegetable, anyways, isn't it? We're going to come back to vegetables in a moment. We'll discuss vegetables in a moment. So we've discussed a, a fruit which improves with cooking, and therefore that becomes the primary way of eating it. So I make my Hot on the after it's cooked, and I make shahako when it's raw. And we said vice versa as well. Now, here we want to discuss the next few moments. I have a type of fruit, which I'm going to cook, but it doesn't improve. If I would cook it by itself, it wouldn't actually improve. It may actually get worse. It wouldn't improve it at all. But when I cook it, I add other ingredients into it. And because I add, I add other ingredients, that actually makes it more edible. Now, the example that the Rishonim discuss is a egoiz, a type of a hazelnut that wasn't really so edible raw. It wasn't edible raw. And the way they used to eat it was they used to fry it in honey. So they used to cook it in honey. So they used to soften it and the honey would, would coat it and it would be absorbed. The nut would absorb some of the honey and it became a very nice, a very nice edible nut. But the reason why that nut became edible and better to eat after it was cooked is not because the cooking process itself improved the fruit but primarily because the ingredients that were added in the cooking process improved that fruit. Would I say, therefore, that that's called an improved fruit, and I shall make a bracha eats on the improved fruit? Or do I say no? Since it's only been improved by other ingredients, 
the fruit itself never improved through the cooking process. I shouldn't make a I should make a shahako. And here there's a, a, a clear criterion which is given in, in, in the halacha. Where the cooking process, which was done to improve the fruit, was done so that I could eat this fruit. That was a primary reason why I cooked these nuts in honey. So that I can eat these nuts in honey, then I make a brachot. Even though it was only improved through an, an external ingredient, through the honey. But since I cooked it in the honey so that I could eat the nut, and the nut is now improved, that's considered an improved fruit. I make a brachot brachot. If, however, I put in a fruit into a dish, into a pot, to give flavor to the other primary foods in the pot. But at the same time, those foods will give flavor back into that fruit and improve the fruit. Then we say, we don't make a broth on that fruit. We don't make shako. That's not called improving. So if I take a fruit that by cooking it, it loses some of its chashivas. It's not as nice. If I add it into a, a chicken soup, for example, it would suddenly become amazing. Now don't put any fruit in chicken soup. I'm just giving you a... a, a, a random example. And I add it to a chicken soup, and you'll see why in a moment when I'm talking about chicken soup. But we add it to a chicken soup now. Wow, the chicken soup. Why did I put it in the chicken soup? Because I love plum-flavored chicken soup. Really gives me a Friday night. It's amazing. Try it. Plum-flavored chicken soup is amazing. But at the same time, chicken soup-flavored plum is also wonderful. So by cooking my plum in the chicken soup, I've improved the plum, but not because cooking improves plums. It probably does, but... Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. But because the chicken soup has improved the plum, would I make a brach on her eights on the, the improved fruit? Would I make a shahako? And the answer is I'd make a shahako. That's not called an improved fruit. So it's quite quite a a narrow difference, but it's real. Where the, I've cooked the fruit the fruit in its <coughs> in this <coughs> extra ingredient, but purely for the sake of the fruit, then since the fruit's improved, be it by the extra ingredients, I will make our eights. Where I've cooked the fruit in a dish for the sake of the dish, but by the way, the fruit will be improved by the other ingredients out there, then I make a shaka. Then I make a shaka. Then I make a shaka. When we talk about cooking, we don't mean specifically cooking. We mean cooking, frying, baking. They all go under the same category. If it's improved by my cooking, baking, frying, then I make a bracha, the original bracha. If it's not improved, it gets and goes worse, then I don't make a it anymore. I make a shako. If it's improved because of other ingredients, then the question, the, the, the discussion we just had will be relevant. Now, everything we've discussed here today, we've spoken about, about fruits, but exactly the same halachas will apply to vegetables. And I'm going to give you some examples of, of fruits and vegetables wh- where this is really relevant. It's perhaps more relevant to, to vegetables than to fruits. So vegetables carry a bracha, we haven't discussed vegetables at length, but the, the, this halacha, the all the halachas we discussed in the show now, are relevant to vegetables too. So a vegetable carries a bracha, if it's eaten, it's equally eaten raw as cooked. You make a bracha boripiadama on the raw, you make a bracha boripiadama on the cooked. If it's not eaten raw, then I can't make a bracha on it. If it is eaten raw, but it's not as nice raw as it is cooked, then I won't, I'll make a shahakul on raw, and I'll make a dama on cooked. So an example would be onion. 
raw onion is not eaten normally. Now, don't look at me. Some people do eat raw onions, but it's not a primary way of eating an onion. If you eat a raw, and most people, you ask, stop a man in the street and say, do you eat raw onions? I say, no, I fry them. Raw onion is not normally eaten raw. It's grown to be eaten, to be used either in a dish or to be fried. Therefore, Allah tells us, Shukhanach tells us, if you're going to eat a raw onion, make a shahako. Don't make a Because that's not the primary way of eating it. If I fry the onion, that's the way I eat an onion. It's improved its taste now. And a fried onion, you can't compare. It's not the oil that's improved the taste. Because I can dry fry onion, it'll still improve its taste. The, the frying process brings out the, 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 breaks up the onion and it gives it the, 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 the taste that a fried onion has. That's very nice. People eat fried onions all the time. Make our domo. I then go and put an onion in my chicken soup. Why do I put an onion in my chicken soup? If I would take a whole onion and just boil it in water, no one's going to eat it. It doesn't improve it at all. Probably makes it worse. I put my onion in a chicken soup. In some homes, an onion in a chicken soup is, is a delicacy. But I didn't put it in the chicken soup for the sake of the onion. I put it in the chicken soup for the sake of the chicken soup. I want my onion to give flavor to the chicken soup. It so happens that my chicken soup will give flavor to the onion as well. And therefore, when I finish cooking my chicken soup, I might want to eat my onion because it's got chicken soup flavor in it. So I take it out on a Friday afternoon when nobody's looking. So there shouldn't be any fight Friday night for the chicken, for the onion. And I eat it on my own. What bracha do I make? Do I make a shahaka or do I make a haddama? And the answer is, since it was placed in the soup for the purpose of the soup, not for the purpose of the onion. Be it that the onion has now been improved by the chicken soup itself, but I wasn't placed in there for the sake of the onion. It was placed in for the sake of the soup. I'll make a shahakul on the onion and not have hmm. So that's the clearest, simplest example I can give you. I'm going to run through a, a few examples of things that you'll find in your kitchen that you make, that you come across, and, and which different brochures which are relevant to what we've discussed today. So for example, if I make an apple plum compote, if it's liquidized, I would make a shahakal. If I've left the hot pieces whole, I'd make a eights. If I made an apple and rhubarb, if it was liquidized, it would be shahakal. If it's whole, it would depend on the majority. If the majority is apple, it would be eights. If the majority is rhubarb, it would be hadama. A raw potato, you can't, you can't eat. Don't make a brach on it. A cooked potato is hadama. A mashed potato would still be hadama. Because even if I mash it, it still has the texture of a mashed potato. And what's interesting about potato is even if I would blended, it could still be considered a potato. Not clear. Blended potato is less clear because does it lose its texture when I blended it or not? A bit unclear. But mashed potato is for sure a potato. It is a potato, just mashed. I take a banana and I mash a banana. No problem at all. It's hardoma. It is a mashed banana. I've changed its form, but I haven't changed its texture. A raw onion will be shahako. A raw garlic would be shahako. A cooked onion or garlic would also be shahako because cooked onion and cooked garlic is not you haven't, it hasn't improved at all. If I put it into a soup, as we said, a raw onion or raw garlic, and I wanted to eat it, it would also be shahako. If I fried onion or fried garlic, could be I'd make a uh, uh, eggs on it, uh, 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 a dom on it. A raw butternut or courgette, maybe a shahako. I'm not sure if you can eat raw butternut. Courgette, you can probably eat raw, but you would, definitely wouldn't carry a bracha of, of, of eggs or a domo. It's not the primary way you eat it. You eat it primarily cooked. So you would make shahakal on the raw and the eights on the cooked. You cook it or you bake it, it would be hadomo. Fried onions, example, would be hadomo. Roasted vegetables. So you take butternut, onion, 
uh, I don't know, courgettes, uh, you, peppers. sorry? Peppers. Peppers, you name it, peppers. See, pepper's an example. Pepper is a vegetable that's nice raw, but when you cook it, it's actually less, it, it, it's not as nice cooked. And most people don't eat plain cooked pepper. They'll only eat cooked pepper if it's being cooked with stuffed. So you stuff minced meat in it or you put fish in it or whatever you want to do. A stuffed pepper, you will cook it, but it's, you're, you're cooking it because you really want it to absorb the, the, the meat that's inside. And I'm primarily cooking it with the meat for the sake of the meat. There, the meat is a majority and therefore I'll make shakal on a whole lot. But a raw pepper is a, is a hadama. A cooked pepper would be charcoal. If I roast them, since roasting improves the, the vegetable, and most vegetables which are roasted are improved and not worse, I would assume that even a pepper roasted is better than a raw, 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 raw. If it isn't, then please correct me. But most raw roasted potatoes, most roasted onions are, are, are very much edible and people eat roasted vegetables. It's a delicacy to have roasted vegetables. When you go to Chasna, they give you a, a pile of roasted vegetables. Then I would make a hadoma on those vegetables. Even if when they were raw, I'd only make a shako. So I hope that's given us a bit of an understanding of the fruits and a little bit of vegetables when they've changed their form. And that's what we've been discussing tonight. Fruits and vegetables, not in their natural form. Changing a form can actually change the, the brocha, depending on how it's changed, how much it's changed. It's only changed slightly, but the texture there, it doesn't change the brocha. The texture's changed, it does change the brocha, but that's only a sophic. Therefore, we had a problem with the brocha achrena in certain, 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 certain situations, how cooking can, can affect its brocha. If it's primarily made to, meant to be cooked, then the brocha will be or aged on the, after the cooked product. If it's primarily meant to be eaten raw, then the brocha will be shahakal after the cooked product, even if it retains its form, because it's lost its chashivas, etc. And we discussed the mashing, etc., and, and, and fruits that are eaten both raw and cooked, and equally good raw and cooked, and eaten raw and cooked, or some not eaten so equally raw and cooked, what different brachas to make on those. I hope it's given us a, a broader understanding of some of the foods that we commonly eat in our kitchen. I hope it's not, not been too complicated. Brachas is complicated, and if somebody's unclear in something that we've discussed in any of the showroom, please send me a message, and I will try and recap and explain it again as clearly as I can in the, in, the, in the next year. But that's the element of halacha of Paris that we want to discuss today. Next week, in no, no, two weeks' time, I would like to discuss continuation of today's share. What bracha do we make on soups? Vegetable soups and fruit soups. Where I have a, a soup made out of vegetables and a soup made out of, of fruit. Do I make a bracha of shahako? Do I make a bracha of doma? Do I make a bracha of eights? This is a slightly different context than what we've discussed today. Today we're discussing when I've cooked the vegetables themselves. But here I'm discussing where I've added water to it. I want to know what broth to make on the water. I'm taking that soup and I'm going to eat the soup, the liquid. What broth do I make on that liquid? Is it shahako because it's a liquid? Or do we say no? It's prim- primarily a vegetable soup, a, a, a fruit soup, etc. Do I make a eight? Do I make a doma? And hopefully we'll begin in the coming year discussing the, the concept of a fruit and vegetable soup and see what, what type of broccoli we need, we need to make on that. We've still got a long way to go. We need to discuss vegetables. We need to discuss brichas mazonis. We need to discuss bread. We've got many, many areas of all the brachas of shahako, many areas in, in brachas that we still need to cover. This is just really touching the surface of every area that we cover. We're going to be touching the surface. It gives us a little understanding of, of the halachas of Brachas on Paris. I hope it make, makes things clearer for you, and I hope it gives you a better, a better ability to connect to brachas. And every time we say brachas, we're bringing down an unbelievable bracha from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, enables Hakadosh Baruch Hu to bring a bracha down to this world and and, and shower us with the brachas that we need. Baruch Hashem should give us all good health, 
and we should uh, mm-hmm. see the end of this lockdown. I'm looking forward to continue here mm-hmm. for the in shul. No problem. I'm very happy to continue in shul, and we can have Zoom on in shul as well for those who can't make it to shul, Mitzvah Hashem. And we're looking forward to see you back in two weeks' time in shul. I will not be talking that we'll be back in two weeks' time, Mitzvah Hashem. Uh, I'll be talking that we'll be back tomorrow. The Rosh should give us Yad that he should allow us back into shul very soon, and we should see the end of all sorrows and Klal Have a very good night.